One of the things I've understood about the ability to have a life that is thriving. Come on, everybody say thriving. Thriving. A life that is thriving. Because you can watch. Here's three levels you can live your life on, right? You can live your life on settling, surviving, or thriving. Watch. Settling. I'm just going to settle. I'm just going to survive. Or I'm going to thrive. I'm going to thrive. And when you choose to live your life at the thriving level, in that, in that level comes with it the ability to have vision inside of your heart. Listen to me. There are so many things that you were born with inside of your life. So many things you're born with. You're born with the capacity to believe. When you were born into this world, you have an innate ability to believe in something. God gives that to you. Even people that don't believe in God still have faith that there is not a God. They're still, exercise, they're still believing. They're just believing in the wrong thing, the capacity to believe. Every person that comes into this world has the capacity to love, the capacity to love. God gives people the capacity to love people. Even when people hurt you and do you wrong, there's something deep down inside of you. You may not like them at that moment, may not like what they've done to you, but you still have a capacity over time when you get better to still love people, to love people. And how many know even there are various times in your life when you don't like people, when you get better, you still come around and you still like some of them? I didn't see all of them. I said some of them. Innate with, born with innate ability to love. You're also born with the innate ability to dream, to dream, or to have vision. God gives that to you. God gives that to every person that is in this room. So right now, I want you to take a moment. I want you to take a moment. I want you to think about the capacity to see beyond where you are right now. To dream beyond what you feel at this moment. Because this is what I found out over the course of life in pastoring people for 31 years. That God will give you a vision. And every time God gives you a vision, a seed of purpose, a seed of hope, the enemy will always be right next door to you to give you a shovel to dig that that sees that seed of purpose and destiny up every time that god gives you a vision a dream to become something the enemy will always be right there with you trying to cast doubt so what i found out is if maybe you're sitting here today maybe you you have a dream or maybe you have a vision for your life if the enemy can't steal your vision if he can't steal your dream then guess what he will do he'll come after the passion that you have for your dream he will distract you The enemy of dreaming and having vision for your life is distraction. So what will happen to you is that you will know that your life is made for something great. As a matter of fact, in your night seasons of your life, the moments that you are by yourself, the moments that you're believing for more, something calls to you for a greater purpose in your life. Something calls to you for a greater moment in your life. You see it, you want it, you believe for it. But there's something that is distracting you, something that is in your way that causes the pressures of life and the pressures of the things that are around you to almost become bigger than the vision that you have for your life. Almost bigger than the vision you have for your life. And can I say this to you today? I want to let you know that if you will be a person this morning that holds on and cultivates the dream and the vision that God has for your life and for our church, there will be no stopping you or no stopping us collectively. Come on, everybody say, I have a vision. vision. Come on, say, I have a vision. vision. It's not enough just for you to have a vision. 
But that vision must have a plan. Martin Luther King Jr. had such great momentum and so much power when he said, I, had a, I, have, I have a dream. But people didn't persecute him until he said, I have a plan. He said, it's one thing to be able to dream. It's another thing to be able to have a plan for that dream. How many of you know that a plan is the action steps to that dream that you have in your heart? And I want to say to you today, I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where you find yourself today. But my prayer for you this morning is that the capacity to dream and to have vision in your heart would live once again. My prayer for you is whatever has been distracting you in your life today would not have the capacity to stop you. And some of you in this room have even lost that dream, have lost that passion. You've kind of let go of some things that God has spoken to your heart about who you are or what you can do or what you're going to become. You've kind of let it go because maybe time has passed you by or age has passed you by a little bit or, or maybe opportunity or, or procrastination or fear or anxiety or doubt. Whatever, is, whatever has prevented you from being what God said you can be today, I want to let you know it's never too late to pick that back up and let God resurrect that purpose deep down inside of you. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I want you to believe together today. Let us believe together. I want you to close your eyes just for a moment. Everybody in this room, with nobody on their mobile devices, this is your moment. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you just to dream for a moment. What is God saying to you? What has God said to you that you let go of? Maybe you don't know. Online, participate with me, please. Maybe you don't know exactly what that is, but there's something that is motivating you to be greater than where you are right now. What is in your heart? What is in your heart? Keep your eyes closed. Dream. Begin to let God speak to you very specifically right now. Begin to ask God to resurrect things inside your heart today. Begin to ask God to renew, refresh, or to give right perspective. See, some of you are struggling with this right now because your life is so overwhelmed that dreams have been pushed down. But today, I say they shall live again. They shall live again. Purpose shall be renewed in your heart today. In the name that is above every name. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. Come on. Come on. Come on. watch you see i want you to understand something about the capacity to dream the capacity to have vision it's not just appropriate for a person but it's also appropriate and mandatory for a church to have that vision as well because when a church has vision there's always progress and momentum to it when a life has vision there's always progress and momentum to it there's always progress and momentum to it. I'm going to give you just some key thoughts very quickly about what vision is, does for the human life. Number one, vision is always the key to progress. Vision is always the key to progress in your life. Watch this. And the Lord answered me. This is Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 2. And it says, And the Lord answered me, and he said, Write this vision down 
make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. Watch. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision down, make it plain on tablets so you may run who reads it. Watch. In other words, that when you begin to understand vision, it leads you to progression. Write the vision down, make it plain, so when I read it, it causes me to progress in my life. Can I say this to you? I'm going to challenge you right now that if we understand the vision of our church, and what we talked about on this video, knowing God, finding freedom, right? If we understand that vision, when we read that, it should be very clear to us, and we understand the purpose of who we are as a church. You should understand the reason why some of you are not running at the pace you want to run at at your life right now because you're not clear or you don't or that vision is has been stolen from you or it has died inside of you and i want to say to you today that that's why you have to get it back because you haven't been able to run and the reason why you haven't been able to run because it hasn't been clear this has distracted you that's pressed in on you and this is pressed down on you so you know what that becomes bigger than the vision so the vision is over here and that pressing moment is becoming bigger than that which is which god has called and asked you to be I want to let you know that you have to have vision because if you have vision in your heart, it leads you to progressing in your life. And watch this. Vision is discernible. It is discernible. Have you ever been around somebody that has, you're just in conversation with them or you go to lunch with somebody and you, they, you begin to talk to them and based on that conversation, their, their, their conversation of vision inspires you? You ever had that happen to you before? Never. Okay, I'm going to help you with it, okay? Listen, I have a real estate company, okay? And I love selling real estate. I love buying, selling, and developing real estate. I love doing it, okay? All right, I love it. And I had this lunch with this lady the other day who, 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 who has done multi-millions of dollars of real estate. And we sat down and we had breakfast together the other day, and she began to tell me like this and that about real estate and that about real estate. When I got done with that lunch, right, I felt like, you know what? I can do this, and not only can I do this, but I can do really, really well at it. You know why? Because vision is discernible. You can see it on people. Watch. Vision that is discernible is vision that is transferable. Right? Vision that is, when you see it on somebody, when you're around that person, right, their vision and their inspiration can become your vision, and you can get inspired by that person. So vision that is discernible is vision that is transferable. Listen, listen. Vision that is transferable can become vision that becomes habitational. Let me explain to you what I mean by that. So watch, when you walk into this church, my prayer is that when you come in here, you can feel God and the vision in this church. It should be discernible. If that vision is discernible, then guess what? It's not just this church's vision. That vision becomes transferable. That vision isn't my vision. It's not Pastor Diddy's vision. When you see that vision and when you feel that vision, that vision should become your vision. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Because vision that is discernible is vision that is transferable. When it becomes your vision and my vision, then vision becomes habitational. In other words, it's, you be, it's something that we feel collectively, not just a few people own it. It's not pockets of people that own it. It's not Pastor Jasmine has it, and then Megan has it, and this person back there has it, and it's just kind of scattered. No, we collectively own the vision because it becomes habitational because we've connect, connected our life to it. I'm going to say it to you again. Vision that is discernible becomes vision that is transferable. Becomes your vision. And vision that is transferable becomes vision that is habitational. It's you, you can feel it in the atmosphere. And can I say this to you today? I'm going to let you know that if you're in this room today and your life is not progressing, and you feel like your life is stuck, I pray that you would begin to connect your life to the vision that God has in your heart and to connect your heart to the life that God has in this church. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? So number one, vision is attached to progress in my life. Number two, where there is no vision, it leads to division. Where there is no vision, it leads to division. In other words, Proverbs 29 verse 18 says where there is no vision or where there is no clear, watch, prophetic vision. I want to focus on that. And you guys are going to have to just give me some liberty today. This is my 31 anniversary, so I'm going to take some time today. Is that all right? All right, watch. So just give me a moment. Okay, watch. Where there is no clear prophetic. I like that word prophetic, okay? That is off of the, uh, out of the Passion Translation. I like that because the prophetic begins to revive things in your spirit and pulls you into a forward place. Pulls you into a forward place. Where there is no prophetic vision, people wander astray. In other words, when there's no active vision or purpose in a person's life, listen to me, they begin to pull back on life because there's nothing that is moving them forward. You ready for this? If you're not, take it, write this down. It is dangerous to live your life outside of purpose. It's dangerous. It is dangerous to live your life outside of purpose. So when I'm living my life, I must be connected to my purpose. If my life is not connected to purpose, then I serve things other than what God has placed inside of my heart to be and to do. I serve my frustration. I serve my fears. I serve my anxiety. I serve the things that don't build or move me forward. So vision causes you to move forward. Here's the next one. Vision Vision stirs your faith or accelerates your devotion. Sorry. Vision accelerates your devotion. Watch. You are individually a Christian, right? Individually, you're a Christian. Collectively, we are a church, right? Collectively, come on. How many know individually you are a Christian, but collectively, when we all gather together, we are a church. Is that right? The church is God's people, and the people is God's answer for the world. Listen, the church is God's people, right? And the people that God places us together, that is the answer for the world. So watch. I think one of the breakdowns, listen, watch your pastor. I think one of the breakdowns we have in our culture is that people are devoted to God, but that devotion doesn't lead them being devoted to his church. Do you hear what I just said? 
So I want to let you know a well-connected life, a well-threaded life, a healthy life is one that is devoted to God and that devotion leads you devotion to his house. It can't be one or the other. In our culture, we want to just be devoted to God, but we don't want to be devoted to his house. Can I say this to you? God says that his, that his eyes, his eyes, come on, how many know God's got, like he sees all? Can I, how many know he feels all? Let me tell you what the Bible says about God's eyes. God, the Bible says that God's eyes and his heart are always in the church and on the church. And if God's high eyes and heart are in the church, then our eyes should be in the church and on the church. You know why? You know why? Because that's what moves life forward. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Huh. Moves life forward. So guess what? Guess what? I believe more than ever before that God is asking us collectively that what does the next season look like for you personally, but even more importantly, what does your next season look like for us collectively? If you're in this church, how many know then, then that it is not my vision, it's not Pastor Didi's vision, it is our vision? As a matter of fact, let me go a little old school on you. You may be sitting in this room here today and, find, and asking yourself, how did I get here? How did I get in Reno, Nevada? And why in the world am I attending a church on the south side of Reno with a bunch of people that I'm not overly familiar with here in this building right now and what they made in a warehouse into a church? How did they do it? Why, what, why am I here? What happens if God somehow orchestrated your steps to bring you to this place, not by accident, but by purpose. And when you're here, you hear something that moves your heart and makes something inside of you feel something bigger inside your heart. And because of that, God has drawn you to a connected place. So could I say that you, you're not here because you just like the people that are here. You're not here because you think the music is good or you think that your friend brought you here. You're here because your footsteps are ordered here by God and God has purpose for you being here. That's why you're here. The reason why you're here, then I say more than ever before, you discover your purpose as being here and help lift the load and move the vision that God has placed in our heart forward. I don't know about you, but when I ask you to dream, I think that our dream should be moving deep down inside of our heart, that you carry the vision of this church with you, not just on Sunday mornings, but you pray over it on Monday, you pray over it on Tuesday, you declare and you prophesy over it on Wednesday, you pray about it on Thursday, you begin to see visions about it on Friday and Saturday, and then on Sunday, we celebrate and get lives changed. Amen. Amen. Here's your next one. You ready for this? Moving very quickly. Vision stirs your faith. It stirs your faith. What I love about faith, watch, almost done. What I love about faith, is not, faith is not the size of your faith that matters. It's not the size of the faith that you have. It's the duration of your faith that matters. That's more important than the size. You see, we always, think, we always think like this. How big can I believe? How big can I believe? It's not how big you can believe. It's how long can you believe? Because what I have found out over people over the course of time is that people have an innate ability to believe big but can't believe long. So they quit. They quit because their faith is big but it doesn't have length. It doesn't have length. It's not the size. It's the duration of how long can I believe God? 
for what he has placed inside of my heart. And can I say this to you? That faith should be stirring. That vision, that faith should be stirring something deep down inside of you. In other words, I want to I let everybody in this building know today, and I want, you to, I want you to understand that faith sometimes is spelled, faith sometimes is spelled R-I-S-K. That's how you, that's how you spell faith. R-I-S-K. Sometimes we live so comfortably that we're taking no risk at all. And sometimes we live so comfortably if the risk is calculated and it doesn't make sense, then we still don't take the risk because it doesn't make sense to us. Can I say this to you? You should be taking faith risks that make you a little nervous because that makes you trust God. I'm not saying you're foolish. I'm not saying you don't plan. I'm not saying you don't, you don't think. I'm not saying that you don't calculate. What I am saying is that it should challenge you. Every part of your life should be challenged. It should be provoking to you. It should be provoking you to grow. Your worship, you should not be satisfied. It should be provoking you to go deeper and higher. Your giving should provoke you. Your faith should provoke you. Your service should provoke you. Because faith, faith causes you to move forward and it causes you to believe long. And I want to say this to you. You might be sitting here today and you might be saying to you that God, I, what you put in my heart has not come to pass. It has not come to pass yet, God. So I guess it's not your will for my life. Can I say this to you? Don't quit if you know it is God. Don't quit if you know it is God. I said don't quit if you know it is God. Don't quit. Now some things you have not received in your life some things you've not received in your life is only due to God's protection over your life. I'm going to leave that alone for a little. I'm going to let that go. I'm going to go to the right side. That's my strong side. I said, some things you haven't received in your life because it's God's protection over your life. You know that one dude you wanted to date? And he got another girl? It wasn't about rejection. It was God's protection over your life. God's like, uh, 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 honey, I'm going to save you from him. He's cray cray. I'm going to get, I got somebody over here for you, right over here. Mm -mm. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? See that business opportunity that you're going to go into that business opportunity right there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to delay that. I'm going to delay that. And I'm going to shut the door on that because I got something better for you. I got something more for you. I got something greater for you. So can I say this to you? I say as a church. I say we step outside of our comfort zone. And I say that we dream big. And I say as a church that we move forward this next year and believe God that we will do all that he's put in our heart to do. Can we dream big this next year, Victory City Church, over the next 12 months? Can we dream big to the point where we're like, God, this has to be you or else we are in big trouble. I want it. Vision brings us together. Vision brings us together. I love this about us because the commonality, listen, what I've loved about our church for as long as we've been pastoring, and we never, we never ever dreamed, and, and, and our, watch, we never got together, Pastor Didi and I, and said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to build a multicultural church. We never did that. 
That was not a buzzword for us. That was not something we decided to do. That is not something we just like, you know, let's, 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 you know, let's sing a little, you know, gospel over here. Then we'll do a little vibe of Hispanic over here. And then we'll do a little bit of, you know, two-step over here. And we'll do a little country over here, right? And then we'll, 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 you know, we'll, you know, we'll do this vibe because, you know, then we'll attract a diverse group of people. You know what we did? We just expressed the kingdom. We just expressed the kingdom. And God's kingdom is incredibly diverse. And what I love about our church is what brings us together is not our denomination, it's not our non-denomination, it's not our race, it's not our color, it's not our creed. What brings us together is our commonality in Christ. Christ is the centerpiece of who we are. And the vision that we have to reach a community and the vision we have to reach a people is the reason why we're sitting in this room here today. What draws us and brings us together is, yes, Christ and our love one for another, but not about, I don't know about you, but our desire to make a difference in our community so we can be light and salt to a community that needs it. I don't know if you've noticed lately, but Washoe County is growing extremely fast. Lyon County. Alexander, what, what county is Fernley? Lyon County. Lyon County is, is growing very fast. Anything surrounding the Reno Sparks area is growing incredibly fast. The North Valleys, I haven't been out there in a long time, but it's growing very fast out there. You go to different parts, they're just building everywhere. You, you, you see a vacant lot, and pretty soon it's a building. Pretty soon it's an apartment complex. And can I say this to you? More people means more opportunity. More people means more lives have to be touched. And can I be honest with you? Let me just say this to you, that we have to, as a people, understand that our vision brings us together so we collectively can reach beyond ourselves and touch a community that is growing and needs a church that can transform their life. Not a church that can just give them information, but a church that can bring transformation. A church that is not void of information, but the information that they receive leads to life transformation for them. Are you with me? Put up the last one real quick here, and we've got to move very swiftly. Okay? Here we go. Vision keeps us advancing. Vision brings us together, and vision keeps us advancing. Keeps us advancing. You see, the reason why we have to have that vision, and that may not be in my notes, but the reason why you have to have that vision because it allows us to advance collectively as a church. Let me just take two minutes out, and this is not in my notes, but let me just take two minutes out and, and share with you the church that I see. The church I see. The church I see is a faith-filled group of believers filled with God's grace and His Spirit, on fire for God, connected to purpose, believing God for great things. That's a church I see. The church I see is a gathered group of people of every race, color, and creed gathered together under the banner of the commonality of Christ. That is not made up of rich, not made up of poor, not made up of middle class, but made up of a diverse group, economic group, social group that is in this community or in the world. That's the church I see. The church I see is a loud church. It's not a quiet church. It's not a somber church. The church I see is given to worship. Come on. 
is given to worship. That you don't wait for a group of people on a platform to steer your worship up. That you are oh so engaged that before you come here, you're just engaging what is already transpiring in your life. The church I see is a growing church that people see that they want to get deeper into the word of God and be formed by the power and the, and who, the nature and the character, not just the power of Christ, but the nature of Christ being formed deep down inside of them. That's the church I see. People who have eyes on Christ is a serving church. Uh, people that have the capacity to serve at any given moment, that they have a whatever it takes attitude, that they will do whatever it takes to do what the vision has asked them to do. The church I see is not just a giving church in servitude, but a generous church towards the purposes of God in their life, that they give back to what is feeding their life feeding their life. The church I see is a church that has an atmosphere of heaven and earth connected so strong that when you walk into a place, you feel God's resident power and grace and love. Every attribute of God is manifest at every given moment or any given moment. That's habitational. That when you feel brokenhearted when you walk into this place, you can get your heart mended by God's grace. That when you feel lonely, you feel the comfort of God's spirit inside of your life. That when you feel defeated, you come and you feel like you can overcome. That when you come to this place, you may feel you may not have a song in your heart, but when you leave here, there's a song resonating deep down inside of your heart. That when you come here, you may not have friendships, but we are so outside of ourselves that we make you part of our family the first day you walk into this building. That you may walk into this place and you may be broken by life, but by the time you get done, that the, the power and the grace of God has repaired your life. That's the church. I see. And that is the church we must be for God's kingdom and for this community. You're here by design. You're here by design. You're not here by accident. You're here because God put you here. God put you here. You see, Pastor Jasmine was talking about church hoppers. Do you know 35% of the American church changes over every year? 35% of the American church rotates. Now, I don't ever want to be part of that stat. That means 35% of the people that are in this building could be not be here this time next year. That's what the stat says. 30, that's astounding to me. It's astounding to me. 87% of American churches are started by church splits. 87% of the American churches in America are started by church splits. What I'm saying to you is that church has nothing to do with your preferences at all. We have consumerized the American church and it has led to our own demise. What we have done is we have pulled what people want. We've asked them, how long do you want us to speak? How long do you want us to sing? How long do you want us to, what, 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 what would you like us to do? How hot do you want the building? How comfortable do you want the chairs? Do you not like the chairs? What color do you want the building? Oh, did you want that? And how convenient can we, did, you, did, you, did we need to have this app for you to make sure you show up on time? Oh, by the way, we're going to call you 15 times and make sure you show up. Oh, by the way, we're going to, you know, make sure that we not only show, you know, follow up on you, but we're going to drive to your house and knock you on the door and then cut, serve your coffee to you, get you up to the bed, you know, maybe, you know, shower you a little bit and get you over to the church to make sure you can greet on that particular Sunday. But yet when I'm in the Guatemalan jungle preaching in Guatemala 
preaching there. They drove me into the jungle for 10 miles. I was preaching where nobody had ever preached before to a people group. And I'll never forget this driving. I'm here I am, an American preacher, and I'm driving down this village road in Guatemala, and I see this young lady in her 30 carrying her baby, carrying her baby. And 15 minutes later, I'm at the church. I got there a little bit early. And I stand up there in the building where we were, I don't even know if it was a building. It was packed wall-to-wall people. And on the last row, I see this lady on the last row, sitting back there, holding the baby that I saw, the same lady I passed like 10, 15 miles ago, holding the baby in the back row. I'm up there preaching. I feel God's presence in the room. Like God is wanting to touch people's lives. And I stand up and I get done speaking. And I say, if anybody wants their life to be touched by God, I want you to come to the front of the building. Can I say this to you? Every person in that building came to the front of that building. And the last person I prayed for was that lady that walked. I walked up to her and I said, ma'am, can I ask you a question? What are you believing God to do in your life today? What are you asking God to do? She says, I want to let you know that I walked 10 miles to come to church tonight. And can I say, it was a dirt road. I walked 10 miles. She carried her baby 10 miles. She says, I walked 10 miles to come to church today. She says, because every doctor I brought my baby to has said that there's nothing they can do. And within months, my baby will be dead. They've given up hope, and they just sent me and my baby home to die. And I don't know what to do. So all I knew what to do was to walk and believe God. So I came here tonight asking God for a miracle. I said, ma'am, let's believe God for a miracle. And that baby was lifeless. You could tell the baby was dying in her arms. And I laid my hands on that mother, and I laid my hands on that baby. And I said, I said, God, if you are real, I'm asking you to heal this baby today. I'm asking you to give life to this child today in the name of Jesus. When I laid my hands on that child, that child's fever broke immediately and life came back into that baby and the mother began to weep and began to cry and that baby began to, life came back into that baby and began to sit up and began to cry and began to function normally. And she didn't know what what had just transpired. Watch, 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 watch. Because she believed that God would touch her life. And we built everything in our churches around convenience. So we've taken the desperation for God out. I want us to be desperate for a movement of God. Amen. Amen. I remember this time. I remember this time when this girl in our church was suffering from severe scoliosis. From severe scoliosis. And the doctors gave her no hope. Gave her no hope for her back to be repaired. That she would live like that for the rest of her life. And we're standing. We're standing. In the middle of a praise and worship service, and I hear this yelp. And I didn't think much of it. 
I didn't eat much of it. And then the, after church, and praise and worship was on 10 that Sunday. And I, after church, she walks up to me weeping, couldn't compose herself. I said, what's going on? She says, I felt something move in my body. She says, and I felt like my something just made my spine come into direct alignment. And every pain I have in my back is completely gone. She went back to the doctor. That worship experience by her lifting her hands up and worshiping God healed her right there. Nobody touched her. Never, nobody did anything. God healed her body right in that moment. Amen. Just from the atmosphere of praise and worship. And I remember the time that this lady came to church who had just been diagnosed with hepatitis C. Hepatitis C. And the doctor said it's only a moment of time before it gets worse in your life. And there is no cure for that right now. I remember I called my mother up to the front of the church and I said, I need you to pray for this lady who has hepatitis C. My mother laid hands on her and she felt something move in her life. She went to the doctor two weeks later, came back and was cleared with completely no diagnosis of hepatitis C. see you have to expect it if you come here with no expectancy then you get nothing you get into what you put into what a man sows that shall he also reap listen to me high energy is an indication of life I said high energy is an indication of life what would you do if I stood up here every single Sunday and said, and I had no life inside of me? And by the time I was done, you were snoring. <laughs> and you had no idea what I said, but you just came here because that's what you've been trained to do. You would be nice guy, but I'm out. How many know you come because you want to feel? You come because you want to grow. Amen. Let me give you some initiatives that we're going to begin to attack. Or we want to talk about very quickly. Are you glad you came today? Okay. Let's put some initiatives up, please. Thank you. Okay. Very good. Okay. Our objective... One of our objectives is to grow our youth. We're launching a youth program in September of this year for youth from high school to middle school down. So our goal is to grow that, right? And also increase and put time and energy into our city kids. Into our city kids. We want our children's ministry to do the very be, be the very best we can. We want to, listen to me, don't get me started on this, okay? You ready for this? Our kids should not have to face the things they're being challenged with today. It's wrong. I don't care what anybody says, okay? I know it's not PC, politically correct. I don't care. It's wrong, okay? It is wrong. Innocence is a gift from God, and it should not be taken away by ignorant people. Amen. 
Ignorant is just the absence of truth. I'm not meaning that, right? It's the absence of, of, of reality and truth. It is our responsibility to protect our children and to teach them and to train them. It's our job. So this is where our energy, a lot of our energy is going to go into our children. How many know that's okay? Yes. Our youth and our children. So you're going to see us put a lot of time and energy into that this year. Number two, here's some of our initiatives. You're going to have to, uh, okay. Okay, very good. You ready for this? We have a lot of requests from the people that are in our church to go deeper into the, into the biblical knowledge of truth and the, theological truth and, and different elements of truth in the Bible. We have a group of people that desire that. We can't do that on Sunday morning. There's just not enough time. Not enough time to do it on Sunday morning. It just, it's not possible. So what we do, what we do, you ready for this? Here's our theme, okay? God is enough, but Sunday's not. I'm going to say it to you again, okay? You ready? I'm gonna, I want you to say it with me. Say, God is enough, God is enough. But, Sunday is not. but Sunday is not. Okay, you ready? God is enough, God is enough. but Sunday is not. So you're going to see a strategically launched courses that are going to take deeper, deeper, deeper dives into the truth that you want to hear and the theological parts of the Bible because you, we should learn that. The danger behind what we do sometimes is that we believe, but we don't know. Does that make sense? I said we believe, but we don't know. We believe in a God that we don't know. And people can't, a lot of people can't di di differentiate the, the, the Old from the New Testament and how that intersects with people or what the cross did for people, right? Some things made it through, some things stayed the same, some things got changed based on the covenant, and some people have no idea what that looks like or what that feels like. So when I said, like, we're going to change the city, you're like, rah, but, but nobody, knows their, nobody knows the Old Testament. Nobody knows the New Testament. So we want to take a deeper dive into certain topics because we think it's important that we grow you in your biblical education. How many know that's a real big deal? How many would like to grow more in their biblical education? I think every hand should be up. If not, I'm going to come back. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Okay, good. All right. I will if I have to. Here's our next one. You ready? Real quick. Almost done. Almost done. Okay. We are going to be meeting God through prayer and fasting and worship. So we're adding more prayer. We're going to be fasting and praying every quarter as a church. And we're going to be implementing worship nights on a more regular basis to increase the spiritual temperature of the church. There's also talk. I'm not going to put it all out there. But there's also talk about having a prayer room open and during the church during the day so people can pray, come at the church and pray and intercede during the day. How many think it would be good if we were able to increase that to 24 hours a day, 365 days a week? Amen. About one of you. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm excited. Here we go. Give me a list of our partnerships. We want to increase our outreach capacity to reach out to our community. Because, ladies and gentlemen, can I say this to you? I think that we do a really good job, but we need to become a little bit more strategic with this. I think our community wants to know who we are. I love who we are. And our objective is to be a blessing to our community. 
So you will see us expand our outreach. How many love to? How many love outreach into our community? There's a lot of people that do, and how many like to do a lot more? And maybe you're not a person that can do the outreach, but maybe you can help finance the outreach. It all works together. It all works together. Okay, so you're going to see us doing more activity towards outreach. Here we go. Okay, ministry teams. Okay, that is dealing with our outreach. Okay, let's move on to the next. Okay, Alpha Course. Listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. We did this for, for, I think, 12 weeks. We had such incredible feedback on this Alpha Course. This course is designed for people exploring their faith and new believers. You're going to see this become part of the culture of the church. People who want to know biblical knowledge. People who want to take a deeper dive into, or, or, or people, actually it's for people who don't know and people that are seeking to know more about God. That course is ridiculously good. I mean like ridiculously good. So you'll see that become part of our culture. Okay, here's next. Here's next. Avenues. We want to integrate, create a better avenue for people to get connected to our church. You're going to see that happen. You're going to see that happen. Watch. I want to go back to ministry team. Sorry about that. So one of the things that we want to be able to do is have a stronger initiative. I, I remember what that was. A stronger initiative towards our ministry teams. In other words, people that need prayer can receive prayer. People outside of church hours. People that need people to come and believe God with them or for them have access to that. People who need body ministry, that we have an activated group of people to, that can reach out to people and connect with them and pray with them and pray for them. We have a pastoral team, but how many know that gets stretched sometimes? How many know we need a lot of people that for the whole church begins to take responsibility for each other? Is that not true? Okay. All right. Okay. Now, you say, well, is that it? That's a lot in a year. That's just 12 months. You say, is that it? That's a lot. Okay. Now watch, here's a couple of things I'm going to give you long-term that I want you to pray about. Okay, here's some long-term things I want you to put up there. We need to pray about a building. Okay? We need to pray about a building. Okay? Now, um, the reason I think it's important because I think this is a great building. It's great. They want us to buy this building, but I don't think this is, you know, I don't want us to be in a warehouse. I want us to have a standalone building. I want us to have our own place. So we either need to believe God that we find one and we buy one. I think that would be the best objective. Okay? How many can believe with this for a building? Yes. This building should be completely full on Sundays. Because if this building stays full, we will get to two worship experiences. You say, I don't want to go. Nah, maybe sometime we will. <laughs> we got room. We'll pack it out a thousand times over. Like, you know, we, we're not doing it today. Would you just imagine if we had 200, 200 people in here? Would you go to two services? Probably not. I'd make you sweat. I'd make you stand by each other because it creates an energy. Why not? So number we need to pray and ask God for a building. How many know you'd like to see that happen? Okay. All right, here's partnerships. We want to increase our partnerships in our, who we partner with. Okay, things that, things that are on the table. Okay. The staff has put out to me, we want to create our own addiction recovery program. And suicidal pro people that are, are battling suicide, because that is rampant in our community. So people that battle addiction, recovery, the staff has put out, we need that and we want that. So I said to them, fine. I said, until we get there, why don't we partner with people that do it? And then if God chooses to allow us to have our own, we will do our own. How I many of that's a big responsibility? 
There's more, but we're going to leave it right there. I want you to connect your life and let you know where we're going. We're going to grow your knowledge in Christ. We're going to grow your kids. We're going to grow your kids. We're going to outreach more. We're going to outreach more. We're going to meet the needs of, of being able to connect with each other on a deeper, more intimate level. See, those don't seem like they're huge things. They're huge things. And that takes a lot of energy, a lot of work. I want to let you know that everybody that is on our staff works very hard to make this church better. They work very, very hard. And if you're back there, I think that when you go pick up your children, if you see Pastor Jamie in the hallway, if you ever see her, I think you should hug her neck because she's done an incredible job making our city kids a great place to be. She's a good leader. She's a good leader. Amen. Everybody happy? Okay. Is this okay for Sunday morning? It's good to know what we're doing and where we're going. Okay? All right.